Think Red Ink Ministries presents The Words of Jesus series with Don C. Harris Hello my friends, I'm Don Harris of Think Red Ink Ministries. My goal is to reinforce Christianity with the wisdom and the words of Jesus, which incidentally are recorded in red ink in many Bibles. Do you know what Jesus said? What Jesus did? What Jesus said to do? This series is based on Jesus' life, his friends, his ministry, and his relationship with his Father as recorded in the four Gospels. We're going to delve into the mysteries that have been hidden, not from us, but for us, in the words of Jesus. We've been, we took on the Sermon on the Mount, and uh, I read through it for you um, so that we can hear it fresh. And also, as I was explaining, um, that uh, there were many concepts found in other Gospels, different verses that I felt like uh, applied and should be uh, inserted in there because um, Matthew tended to, as we know, the Sermon on the Mount is found in Matthew 5, 6, and 7. And um, Matthew had a tendency, for some reason, I don't know, perhaps personality, I don't know, um, but uh, his... uh, the sermon that he recorded for us um, tended to have um, a, the balance was more on the reward side of good behavior. Um, but over in Luke, when we find certain concepts dealt with, he de- it was dealt with in a more negative manner. Um, well, the Bible teaches that, um, you know, when we're generous and when we're good, that we're blessed for that and and that, that we should ha- have purity in our hearts, and there are certain things that we should be and do that have certain rewards involved in them. But over in Luke, we find, uh, for example, uh, uh, in Matthew, he that uh, hungers after uh, righteousness, hungers and thirsts after righteousness, he will be filled. But over in Luke, you find where he says, um, Woe unto you! It's not blessed are you, it's woe unto you. Uh, Woe unto us for what? The very opposite of uh, what in the Gospel of Matthew you'll find to be a blessing if you do the opposite of this. So it's blessed are you that hunger and thirst after righteousness, but over in in Luke it says uh, woe unto you that are full now, for you're going to be hungry. Um... And so, in the interest of balance, um, and uh, also to, uh, to get a fuller understanding of what our Lord Jesus was trying to tell us, um, I uh, took those verses and added them to uh, that Sermon on the Mount to try to make it a little uh, more whole and, um, and, and m- more rounded. Now, there are people who take great exception to that kind of thing, uh, you know, because you know, you're not supposed to tamper with the, with the Bible. I'm not tampering with the Bible. I'm just uh, reading it. Well, what's the difference in saying, you know, turn over to Matthew 5, and now let's turn over to Luke, and what's the difference in doing that? Uh, just, um, I don't know. Pe- people like to complain. 
<laughs> you know, religion is a hobby for them. Let's just face the fact. It's not a lifestyle. It's not a, a, a turning over of a new leaf even. It's, it's a hobby. And uh, they, they have certain things that they like to major on. And so I don't. I, I just want to know what the Lord wants me to do so I can do it. Kind of simple, really. Um, we uh, started yesterday by reading about the, um, the Beatitudes. And uh, we find that the Beatitudes are uh, conditions, really, of a man's spirit, um, more so than what he actually does. Now, um, you know, I mean, if you've, if you've been listening to this broadcast, uh, I'm really big into works. I think there's certain things that we need to do. As a matter of fact, he ends the Sermon on the Mount with a the, with the very, very famous warning of the man who builds his house on the rock and the one who builds his house on the sand. You should keep this in mind as we study um, and not just let this come as a surprise ending, uh, but you should keep this concept in mind of building your house on a rock and building your house on the sand. On, on the sand. If I were to ask you, your Christianity, is it founded upon a rock or is it founded upon sand? Would you have the presence of mind? Would you have the, uh, the, familiar, uh, the familiarity with the scriptures to even know how to answer that question? Uh, if I say, is your, is your salvation founded upon a rock? Well, if you're talking to a religious person, you know, they're going to jump straight into that. Oh, yes, hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. My, 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 my Christianity is built on nothing less than Jesus and his righteousness. Well, nice song. But truth is, is your salvation is based on your righteousness, my friend, not necessarily his. His righteousness brought about an ability on his part as the Son of God, to empower you to do what he did. You to do what he did, to do what he said. Um, look, if you think, you know, when I stand before God, you know, he's not going to see me. He's only going to see Jesus. Well, I'm afraid you're going to be severely disappointed, my friend, because he is going to see you. He's going to, you will give an account of the deeds done in the flesh. Deeds done. Deeds done. Hmm. What does that have to do with what you believe? Well, there is a connection, but not what we have uh, made over the years. He'll never ask you what you believe. Frankly, it, it hardly matters what you believe. What you believe is evidenced by what you do. You can't believe that the sheriff of this county has the power to incarcerate you and has the power to enforce the law and disobey it. You can't really believe that. Can you really believe that? Uh, you know, I, I know, I know, the, you know there is also the, the, uh, you know, the one little element is, and that is not getting caught, right? You're driving down the highway 80 miles an hour and then the speed limit's 55. Well, you're just banking on not getting caught. It's not because you don't believe that the sheriff has the right to arrest you, impound your car, and throw you in jail. Well, if we believe in Jesus Christ, as many of us say we do, I think we have this idea that 
we believe that he existed, that he really was a real person. Um, but, and, and, and even that he was who he said he was. But I don't know that you could really say that you believe he is who he says he is and not do what he says. Uh, well, frankly, I don't, think, I don't think that's possible. So he's not going to ask you, do you believe in me? He's going to ask you, did you, take, did you take care of the widows? How about the orphans? Were you, were you available to the world to give them the bread of life? Did you, did you have enough bread of life to spare for your, for your neighbor? Did you answer the door at midnight and give your friend the three loaves he asked for? That this is the, these are the kinds of, uh, of, of probings that we're in for in our future. Uh, not what do you believe? Do you believe I'm the Son of God? Yes, sir. Do you, uh, you believe that I'm the King of the universe? <laughs> yes, sir. you believe that I have all powers that's been given unto me both in heaven and in earth? Yes, sir. <laughs> Why didn't you do what I said do? Why, why is it you didn't do what I said do? Don't tell me you believe this. Uh, this isn't a matter of you just believing in Jesus. You can't believe in Jesus as the, as the one who has the right and the power to reign over us and to reward and or punish us for the life that we lived on this earth and not do what he said. So I'd have to say that Matthew's uh, rendition of uh, the Sermon on the Mount that starts with the, uh, the blessed is he who, um, uh, or what we understand to be the Beatitudes, um, they are dealing with m more in who we are and matters of our, I don't want to say mind, uh, I don't even want to use the word soul, I don't want to use the word spirit, um, but they, they're a matter of our practice. There's something that we... Uh, the, these are characteristics that are, that are developed in us through our works and through the power of God himself. To as many as believed on him, to them gave he the power to become. The power to become. There's grace, my friend. That is grace defined in the scriptures. That he's given us the power to become a child of God. Now, if he's given us that power, then there's a responsibility naturally that falls right after that on our behalf to actually do what he said to do. Um, and, um, you know, if you work this right, it's not going to be a matter of just a, a grievous uh, uh, gray cloud that is over us that forces us to do certain things but that we're going to be the kind of people that do these things uh, naturally. You know, you, you're generous and you take care of people and you do the right thing for the right reasons and you help. And uh, you are the Christian that you need to be. You're involving yourself in works. And as you do this, you're going to receive more. Jesus said, I'm going I'm to give you some of these things and some of these things you're going to earn them. Um, and when I give you a little bit, You've proved to be faithful in that little bit. You're going to receive more. Not only are you going to receive more, but you're going to ha you're going to end up being and feeling a responsibility for what you do have. And if you if I give you these things and 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 I give I give you these powers and in many cases just ideas, 
Uh, when we sit quiet, we, quietly before the Lord, many times we'll receive a, a, an idea within ourselves of something that needs to be done. And we need to act on those things. And um, if we don't, we're going to find ourselves responsible for having received the Word of God to our spirits and not acted on it. And, um, and in, in those cases, those kinds of people those people who live in just that way, they have no business whatsoever saying that they have faith in Jesus Christ because they don't. And, uh, and if that is the case, friend, it might turn out that uh, you discover that you really don't have faith in him either. Um, not, not to stay on this divergent track too long, but do you know one of Jesus' concerns about uh, his ministry, the effectiveness of his ministry, the willingness or unwillingness on the part of mankind to follow him. Uh, he asked a question one time that was kind of a soliloquy. It was a kind of a, a rhetorical question that he asked out into the ether that uh, he really wasn't asking to get an answer. He was just, I think he was lamenting and said, uh, when the Son of Man comes, will he find faith on the earth? And, um, you know, my first reaction to that is, what? Find faith on the earth? Of course you're going to find faith on the earth. Haven't you walked around the United States? There's a church on every corner. Of course there's faith on the earth. We celebrate your birthday every year. I know you didn't tell us to do it, but we do it. <laughs> and we, we celebrate your resurrection every year with Easter, with Ishtar, the Ashtaroth, the goddess of the, the Zidonians. <laughs> And I know you didn't tell us to, to honor the day that you rose from the dead, but we do it anyway. You see, what I'm saying is, is that we can get very, very involved in being religious and even being so-called Christian, and you still have our Lord Jesus Christ wondering, when I come back, am I going to find any faith on the earth? Well, either he's totally misinformed about what faith is, or you are. Let's see. Hmm. How long do we need to think about this? I don't know that we need to think about it very long at all. We need to find out what faith really is. Uh, I have a book um, on faith out there in the ether somewhere. Word First is the name of the book. And it talks about the ingredients of true faith in God, how this comes about. And um, any one of these three ingredients lacking in this particular operation that we're calling faith is actually it's hope. It's not faith at all. But, um, but what we call faith, any one of these three ingredients that is lacking, uh, destroy it as true, God-given um, and inspired faith in the heart of a person. And you have to have all three. If you don't have all three, you just, you're not dealing in faith. As I said, you're dealing in hope. Well, we all have hope. I mean, hope <laughs> that, we, that we do. I have hope that I'm going to be a better person when I'm 64 as when I'm 63. It'd be nice to think that uh, you know, I'm going to be a better person in the next five years than I was in the previous five. It's, it's, it's a wonderful hope. But uh, if faith isn't involved in that, 
uh, there's really no point in thinking that it's going to happen outside of my own uh, efforts. And um, these are the kind of works that are to be avoided. Um, we need to have works that are coupled with faith because faith without works is dead. Well, I got news for you. Works without faith is dead as well. So um, anyhow, we have uh, Matthew telling us these, uh, these beatitudes and saying that should you have these particular characteristics in your life, uh, they are coupled with uh, rewards in your future. Um, let's see if we can uh, gather them very quickly. Poor in spirit. That's not something that you do. Uh, blessed are they that mourn. Now, uh, I know that you could say that you know, this, this is a verb, this is something that you do, but this is not blessed are they that, are cry, that cry. These are people who actually feel um, for the injustices that are in the world, for the injustices done to others, not necessarily people who uh, mourn for their own condition. And, um, and blessed are the meek. Meek is not something that you do. Um, this is something that you are. Um, blessed are they which hunger and thirst after righteousness. This, is a, this isn't really something that you do. This is a state. This is a condition that you find yourself in that you're hungering and thirsting after righteousness. One of the reasons why I love to talk to uh, Christian television audiences, uh, not because of all the, uh, all the, criti the criticizing emails that I receive from the church uh, or from the, the incredible barriers that are put up between this ministry and, and Christian broadcasters. By the way, if, uh, if you're listening to this, uh, over your your Christian television station or radio station, um, you ought to drop a line or something to the program manager or to the president of that station because they either don't know what's being said here or they're very, very gutsy and they are interested in, in truth and, and they don't feel um, like uh, everything that they believe is being threatened by, you know, some... <laughs> some so-called self-proclaimed Bible teacher. Well, I've got all kinds of adjectives attached to me, some of which you just wouldn't want to hear at all. Um, and he talks about the merciful. This is not, uh, although this leads to action on our part, uh, to be merciful is not an action within itself. Um, the merciful, the pure in heart, uh, the peacemakers... As again, there can be action involved in this, but there are some people that have a propensity for bringing about peace in a conflict situation. And uh, there are some people that take peaceful situations and turn them into conflict. Well, we see here that a peacemaker is actually uh, an attribute and a characteristic of a Christian. And, um, and, and in, in this particular case, it says that you know peacemaking is something that... Uh, that shows you to be, listen to this now, it shows you to be a child of God, the peacemaker. Now, a lot of times, um, you know, people, they have trouble with peacemaking because sometimes peacemaking requires a little violence here and a little violence there, perhaps an elevated voice here or an elevated conversation there or, you know, peace... Um, that is uh, negotiated and worked out between people. It's not always, you know, just little bluebirds flying around. 
and uh, beautiful harp music in the background. Sometimes uh, it, does, it requires things that don't look so peaceful. But uh, there is an attitude of peacemaking, and that is, this is the goal of what I'm doing. This is, may not be exactly what it looks like I'm doing right now. Uh, sometimes I call preachers to task for some of the silly and ridiculous and, and downright heretical things that they teach. And I'm not necessarily nice to them. And, you, and if you were to just click on the TV in the middle of one of those interviews or listen to Think Red Inc. Uh, TV or, or uh, TRI Radio and you're hearing me interviewing or talking with somebody, it doesn't sound very peaceful. But a peacemaker is somebody who's trying to bring about true peace and it's their goal to do so. Um, not necessarily the work in between. Um, it's uh, much like the, the difference in building a house and living in a house. Our ultimate goal, I know there's a lot of hammer and nailing going on, uh, you know, maybe a lot of solid and a lot of noise and a lot of, of smoke and sawdust and all the stuff that goes along with it. And it may not be very peaceful, um, uh, but you're building a bedroom to sleep in. And at that particular point, it needs to be comfortable and out of the weather. And so all these things are necessary. So don't get um, the, the idea that a peacemaker is somebody who lives in that uh, utopian land where uh, no one is offended because people are offended. Um, and blessed are they which are persecuted for righteousness sake. This is a person who has a, uh, their, their characteristic is righteousness. Um, we're going to talk about these things individually, but you, you realize that righteousness also is not necessarily a, um, uh, th this sinlessness that some people attach to the word righteous. Uh, I, I could ask you, are you righteous? And uh, you can know immediately what you think about that word when you evaluate yourself as being a righteous person. If you um, naturally default to or quickly default to all your sins and shortcomings, it's because you have a mental attachment between righteousness and sin, uh, unrighteousness and sin, righteousness and sinless living. And uh, I'm going to try to dispossess you of that idea and teach you exactly what righteousness is about as we, as we, as we continue. Um, it talks about uh, revile you and persecute you and say all manner of evil against you falsely for my sake. Um, and, and these are the kinds of things that happen to people who, who not necessarily practice what they consider to be righteousness. Um, there are there are some people that are persecuted because they look like Amish people or they look like Jehovah's Witnesses or they look like this or look like that or whatever. Um, and they're persecuted because of what they look like. Um, and th this is a different kind of hatred. It's a different kind of bigotry. Um, but there are some people who have a rightness about them that... You know people like this. You know people that you can't go to and describe your plan that you have to cheat the IRS this year because you know that person is not going to tolerate this kind of talk. You know, you, don't have, you have people in your life 
you can't talk about uh, some of the the ideas that have crossed through your head uh, at work when you're around other men or other women or whatever else. And, and there, there's many things that you're ashamed of in front of one person that you're not in sh- ashamed of in front of another person. Why is that? Is it because this person um, uh, has has appeared to you as as some holier-than-thou person? Or is it because that person actually has, they exude, they, they have within them righteousness? There are certain things that are right, and there are certain things that are wrong. You know, right is right, and wrong is wrong, black is black, and white is white. The different, we know the difference between wrong and right, right and wrong. And we, we use these uh, little cliches or colloquialism uh, to, to show... Uh, you know, the so-called difference between right and wrong. And you know, you've met people that don't know the difference between right and wrong. They're outcome-based. Like, if this will get me what I want, then it must be the right thing to do. But there are some people that, that say, I know this is going to cost me. I know this is going to uh, set me back perhaps a couple of years in my, in my goals of life. It's going to um, it's gonna inconvenience me, but it's the right thing to do. Well, this is a person who, who has become this righteous person. It's within them to do the right thing. And you will be persecuted for that in the world that we live in. You will only have fellowship. You will only have comfort and friendship and, and conversation with people who are indeed righteous people. And uh, you will have extreme difficulty getting along with people who aren't. Well, so what we see here is is that Matthew has kind of gone the positive route and explaining that if you are, if you, if you have these characteristics, there are good things that await you in your future. God's not going to forget your righteousness, the Bible says. He's going to reward us according to our righteousness. And this is all pretty much take heart. Just, just keep the course. Stay the course and let's, let's do this thing and let's do it right because there is a reward for us on the other side. I love Matthew's message, but we're going to show you how we can couple this with Luke's message showing the reciprocal of these kinds of characters. Well, it looks like our time is gone again, but uh, I would love to, uh, uh, I'd love to know that you're going to be here the next time when we start. Hey, can I hear from you? Don at thinkredinc.com. As simple as that to write to me. If you'd like to use the paper mail, if you'd like to use our, our P.O. box, you can simply write us at Think Red Inc. Ministries, P.O. Box 718, Pytown, New Mexico, 87827. As we continue and what we're talking about here, uh, you're, going to, you're going to start experiencing very, very soon the idea of thinking red ink. Uh, You're going to answer situations with his words and you're going to uh, address situations with his deeds and Christ is growing up in us. This is very, very exciting. We'll see you next time. Bye-bye. You've been listening to Don C. Harris of Think Red Ink Ministries. 
Email don at thinkredink.com. That's thinkredink.com. Join us again for the next episode in the Words of Jesus series.